0: Welcome to the Media Ministry of Crossroads Church Aspen. To learn more about Crossroads, visit our website at ccaspen.com. We hope you enjoyed this message by Pastor Steve Woodrow. Happy New Year, everybody. Um, 2023 um, always seems to just kind of take me by surprise, right? A new year. And exciting that today is the day, the first day. Um, and I want to talk just briefly this morning um, we're going to, we're, we're just about done, got a couple more weeks in 1 John, and then we're going to go to Second John and 3 John and wrap it up. We'll be done here in January, and then we're going to transition to a new series in February um, on a life in the spirit. What does it mean to be spiritual? And really dive into that issue in the New Testament. What does it mean to be spiritual? And look at this idea of not just human. And uh, we hear people, oh, I'm just human, and uh, really wrestle with the reality of the indwelling Holy Spirit. What does that really mean um, for us? So we'll begin that um, in February um, here on Sunday morning. This morning, if you have your Bibles, um, if you want to turn with me, we are in chapter 5. Um, we'll have one more week in First uh, John uh, this morning, but I want to talk about this issue of... Um, God's assignment for us. We begin this new year, and uh, I just want us to wrestle and let the Word of God encourage us this morning. God has an assignment for you. God has an assignment for you, and that will make all the difference in the world for your life. And if every morning we woke up and we reestablished ourselves with what that assignment was... Um, it's going to change the trajectory, not just of our day, but of our entire being, as we're going to see um, here uh, just a minute in the, in the Word of God. So let me just, I want to just dive in and let the Word of God um, speak to us this morning. We're going to break it down, um, and I've got kind of one thing for us to hold on to for this, uh, for this new year, um, this morning, around this idea of God's assignment for us. So, Father, thank you for your word. I pray now that it will come in power. Lord, this is your word. May you give us ears to hear. And Lord, it is just words, it is just a book, unless your spirit comes and brings life to it. And I pray that you'll awaken our souls, our hearts, our minds, Lord, to receive your word um, into our heart as a seed, Lord, that will take hold and, uh, Lord, will bear fruit, great fruit. So give us ears to hear now in the name of Jesus. Amen. First John chapter 5, the word of God. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and obey his commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments. And his commandments, they are not burdensome. For everyone who's been born of God overcomes the world. Let me repeat that. For everyone who's been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. Our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Whoever believes in the Son of God has the testimony in himself. Whoever does not believe God has made him a liar because he has not believed in the testimony that God has borne concerning his Son. And this is the testimony that God gave us eternal life. And this life is in his Son. And whoever has the Son has life. And whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. Word of God. All right, God's assignment for us. Um, you know, there's we talk a lot about purpose at the beginning of the year. I don't know if y'all are goal setters. You know, kind of wipe the board. Even this morning early in my office, I have one of those you know, those marker boards and. It's kind of a ritual for me every first of the year. I go in and just wipe that vision board clean. It's a clean slate sitting up there now. And this week I'll, you know, uh, kind of flesh things out in prayer and, and, uh, and think through and put some things up for the new year and, and kind of listen to the Lord. I don't know if what your process is. I don't know if, they're, if you're a goal setter or not. And, um, but we all have this sense of there's something new and there's a fresh, clean slate, right, to, to start from. Um, I uh, love um, any of the, like, Born Identity movies, you know, Mission Impossible. Give me any of those. I love the idea, right, of, of an impossible mission. Given to accomplish. Uh, I I need a mission. I need a a, a target. I need something. I know uh, some people, they just don't need that. I need that. Otherwise, I know that I get lazy. I get off point. Uh, I get distracted by the things of the world and the things of my flesh. If I don't have a point, a target, an assignment, a mission, and inside all of us, there is some sense of whether, whatever side you are, your personality, we all need that target. As they say, if you uh, don't have a target, you will miss every time, right? If you don't have a target you're shooting for, you'll miss every time. So there is some sense of we need guidance, we need direction, we need... We need to know what our son is, and an assignment, folks, is, is something different than just purpose. Knowing my purpose, right? Some general kind of ideas of scripture, even good things of, of my purpose. Why, why am I here? And, you know, and if you've grown up in church and you've, you know, the church creeds and the, you know, the chief purpose of man is, right, to glorify God, right? Enjoy him forever, which is the Westminster Catechism. Uh, just out of curiosity, how many grew up knowing that and reading that? Oh, my, look at this. Okay, a few hands here. All right. Um, and, uh, and, and that's all true and wonderful, but it just seems removed, doesn't it? And if you've grown up in high church, uh, all those things are great. However, over time, what happens is they become impersonal. Right? Okay, that's just my, an intellectual thing, but what does that mean for me today? What does that mean for me today, the first day of 2023 to understand my purpose, my, where I'm going? It's a whole nother ball game to realize that if you're a child of God, if you know Jesus, if you've been born again into eternal life, into a relationship with the living God, He has an assignment for you. It's a whole different idea. It's an idea that will radically change, should radically change the trajectory of our life. It should change the countenance even of when I rise up in the morning. And again, just practically, I don't know about you, but if I, if I don't kind of set a plan for the morning, of, like, I'm going to get up, set my alarm, I'm going to be with the Lord, I'm gonna, here's what I'm going to do, I'm going to you know, go by the fire, whatever it is, and, and if I don't, you know, guess what happens? And hit that buzzer, hit that, you know, that, uh, what's that thing called? The thank you the snooze <laughs> um you know is that if we just and then what happens is the day gets carried out, oh i woke up and 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 i'm just going about my day without any thought of of wow what's my assignment today right something radically changes when you're given an assignment when you're given a mission and something is even more profound when we realize that mission is a mission impossible well God is, here's the fact, what God has called each of you, each of us to do is absolutely impossible. You know that? What Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, therefore you be what? What's the word he used there? Perfect. As your heavenly Father is perfect. Well, how about that one? How do I do that? How about this mission? And this is the mission. If you're a child of God, if you've been born again, you know what your mission, your assignment is? To wake up every day? To overcome the world. Now, how about that for a big mission? To overcome the world. Do you know what that even means? Do you know what God is asking of you personally, what that means? And and again, we're going to talk about the assignment that's true for all of us. Now, God loves us personally, and how we each flesh out this assignment is going to be our personal journey with God in our uniqueness and our spheres of influence and everything. But the assignment is the same for all those who've been born again. And uh, let me just give this to us to hold on to us. Uh, My encouragement to you is I think there's something profound. I have some things, verses, and just some things. I wake up in the morning and I refresh myself. I think it was, somebody long ago said, um, preach the gospel to yourself every day, every morning when you wake up. Your first thoughts in the morning are critical. How do you wake up? It will set the trajectory of your day. And if you sit in bed and you start worrying about the task at hand, if you wake up in the morning and you start thinking about yourself, as we've talked about, you start listening to yourself rather than speaking the truth to yourself, that day is not going to go real well. You're going to get off track real quick, right? Is to rise up and initially speak to yourself, preach to yourself. And I think this is it. This is what John tells us is here's the mission, the grand thing is believe, have faith love God and one another, obey his commandments and overcome the world. That's it. It's what we just read. It's the word of God. It's how John sums it all up. We're going to break it down a little bit. But how about every morning waking up and realizing verse 5-1 says something very important theologically I think we have to wrestle with here. It says everyone who believes, everyone who has faith, belief, the first thing um, that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. So something happens before belief. Ephesians 2 says faith itself is a gift. So this isn't something I can even give credit to myself with. So this, this puts it in Lord, thank you for saving me, thank you for opening my eyes. Thank you for the gift of faith itself because it's a gift of the illuminating work of the spirit inside this mysterious thing that goes on with our spirit and the Holy Spirit that wakes us up. Right? To seek God. Thank you for that, God. And once that gift is given, now I'm responsible I have to nurture that and to believe, to exercise faith, right, in God. And the Lord, thank you. Right, thank you for doing for me what I could not do for myself, which is save me, make me become a whole new creation, born again right, unto God. Um, and then he goes in and he talks about um, loving God and loving one of the whole book if you 've been with, this whole book of First John is written by the apostle John he 's the great lover of God, right he 's the one that couldn 't get close enough to Jesus. And uh, he's the one that just over... I mean, how many times is he going to say, church, love one another? Love one another. And remember, the little exercise, the practical thing we've been saying from the beginning of the series is, is before you come to church, again, not only how I wake up my first thoughts in the morning, but my thoughts in coming to church are critical for my experience. And my contribution, right, in the body of Christ. And the little exercise has been, Lord, as I'm on my way to church with my family, whoever, is show me who, Lord, I can love today. Show me in a practical way who I can love in the body of Christ. To carry out the commandment is to love one another. And you can't love one another if you're really not with one another, Right? And that just changes the trajectory, right, of, of how I, of, of why I'm coming, right? It's not just, again, sadly, right, for many of us, right, is that tra- tra- your trajectory of churches is really more like going to a movie or being entertained. I'm going to show up. I can't wait to see the worship or see this or hear the message or take some notes or whatever. Is, that is not the right perspective if you're a child of God you are the body of Christ you are a contributor you are to be fleshing out your gifting and everything else in the body of Christ each of us right with one it is a family it's not right a, a theater or a, a you know a, a, you know some kind of entertainment it's a family Um, so that again is this assignment thinking right and taking the word of god and the truth of god setting that on our mind to change and and that will and we're going to see quickly here this the dynamic of all of that together how it changes and transforms all aspects of my soul to line up right with the will of god which is the spirit of god right in my life So we begin there, and with this idea of belief. Now belief, remember, our soul is made up of mind, emotion, and will. You could say your heart has all these things, your inner being, right? We have an intellect, that's our mind. We have emotion, it's our feelings, heart, all that stuff. And we have a will. In other words, we have a a decision process to do something and to flesh out those things, right? And all of that is is internal. And we have a spirit, a little less, that is in fellowship with the big Holy Spirit who comes in and who informs our Holy Spirit. That's, that's what new birth is all about, is the awakening of our spirit to fellowship again with God and God's presence inside our temple, right? And, and now the Holy Spirit is to be informing my mind, my intellect. And this is why the great commandment is to love the Lord with all your Heart, soul, mind, strength. In other words, what they're saying, a Jewish mentality is holistic thinking. We are Westerners. We're very compartmentalized, right? Very fractured thinking, fractured lives, fractured people, fractured society, right? A Jewish biblical mindset, everything's holistic. Nothing is over here on a different plate. Everything is intimately connected. It's a whole honestly different way of even thinking and viewing the world. And that idea of loving with all your being and right? there was church is 't to be just one little part of my life. my quiet time, not just one part of my life is the Holy Spirit is to inform every bit of it begins with my belief. In other words, my intellect is how I think, am I honoring God with my mind, and again, if I wake up in the morning and i 'm just oh, Lord, oh and i 'm just thinking about myself i 'm not honoring God in what he 's done for me, how much he loves me, right. Um, is to set my mind initially on him and speak to myself. Don't let myself, my mind take this this turn, right? Um, I think it was, I don't know, it was Luther. One of the old dudes said, um, you know, we can call them dudes too. Um, you know, so if I have, the more I have to do in my day, the earlier I'll wake up and be with the Lord. Prepare me for the day, right? And um, one of my resolutions or resolves, uh, I think I shared it a couple weeks ago, is is Lord, I, I want to be someone who absolutely—I I don't want to get to heaven and realize I've spent more hours being entertained than in prayer with you, God. You can hold me accountable to that because you can sit down in uh, two hours or yesterday—I don't know how many hours of football just ooh, can go by, right? Um, Which was pretty awesome, by the way, some cool games. Um, But, um, boy, Lord, I don't want to go through this life. And that I've given my mind more to be entertained than time and prayer with you, God. Waiting on you, listening to you, reading your word, whatever it may be. And that, for me, folks, is a, is a radical. That's why I write out some, for me, that I'm resolved to, Lord, these are the things I'm asking you to move in my life. I, I want more of that. And you say, gosh, it's so boring. Or, I, it's, a, it's hard for everyone. Don't think in, that prayer and being alone with people is easy for anyone. It's not. It's a discipline. It is faith. That's why it is faith. It is hard. This mission God has given us is an impossible mission. It's hard. It's supposed to be hard. It's supposed to be something you can't do. I can't do on my own unless I move in. God, I'm radically dependent on you to speak, to, to wake my soul up, to make me hungry for you, God. To make me want more time in your presence, God. Not just checking the box of, oh, okay. I, I checked out, I got two hours in prayer. Wow, look at that. That's not the point, right? It's a belief. That's my mind. And so this mission, waking up again, this is, this is, is, John is pulling it all together here. The next one is love. And that love is vertical first, right? To love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, strength. And, and the outworking of that is to love. And folks, remember the scripture, the priority is church loving each other. Not the world out there. That is a byproduct And we've got this all wrong. We've talked so much about serving out there, loving out there. That's critically important. But that must be a byproduct of first learning how to love each other and be the family of God. It's time for the church in America to flip that around and get priorities right. Learn how to love each other well first And this is, and is what John, he integrates these, like, I can't say I love God if I don't love my brothers. Speaking of those in the church body where I am a part. Those go together. And, um, and this is the heart. This is my, this is where my emotions get into this whole thing, right? Is to love the Lord with all of my heart and my feelings submitted to him. And uh, when the Holy Spirit comes in, in other words, am I asked, depending, Holy Spirit, uh, I I submit my feelings, I submit all of my emotions, every bit of it to you, to give me a jolt, right, to transform my emotions, right, to be the fruit of the Spirit rather than of the flesh. So I can be a lover of you, God, and a lover of others, right? And that's it next. Holy Spirit, I need you to come out, I need my mind, Right? Set your mind over and over again the test. Set your mind on the things above, not the things on earth. This earth is passing away, right? And so that love is this vertical, horizontal, watching over, inviting the Spirit in to this transform, to transform our feelings, our emotions, right? Um, So that those are not leading us. The next one is obedience. Obedience is where my will gets involved. Am I going to obey? I have a choice. I have a real choice. Am I going to obey what God tells me, right? Um, As he says, to love God shows we obey his commandments. And um, this verse here in uh, verse, um, where is it? Three. His commandments are not burdensome. And his commandments are not burdensome. I think for a lot of folks, we think obey, obedience and obeying God's word is burdensome. We feel like, ah, oh, it's, just, it's just not cool, it's not edgy, it's not radical or whatever it is. Or, it's just not fun, it's boring, right? And that is just the lie of the enemy. We've bought. His bird, his commands are not burdensome. Jesus says, come to me, all you right here in Matthew 11 are weary, heavy laden, burdened. I'll give you rest for your soul. And there's nothing more restful, there's nothing more freeing than to obey. Every bit of his command is given to us to make us whole, to make us free, truly free. It's when we go the way of our flesh, we go the way of the world, that we get in bondage and we buy this lie that, that we're being satisfied. When all alone we're putting ourselves right into bondage. And so obedience is, is this key aspect. Holy Spirit, help me obey. We can't, this is mission and I can't do it alone. I cannot without the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And so that is the spiritual dynamic of learning that the Holy Spirit, this life, and we're going to break this down in this new series um, all through the scripture. What does it look like, right, for my spirit to be in fellowship with the Holy Spirit? And then for my spirit and the Holy Spirit to inform my thinking, and to inform my heart, my feelings, and to inform my will, my actions. That's the spiritual life. And those dynamics, honestly, folks, we, um, we have not done a good job of discipling and training and teaching one another how that actually works, how faith actually works in this dynamic relationship with the Holy Spirit, right? To come alive in this, this new birth, right? This new life that God has, has given us. Now, all three of those believe, love, obey, and overcome the world. We could say, so you can overcome the world. Now, what do you think? That's God's assignment for you. Overcome the world. Overcome the world. Now, that requires me to understand what does that mean, right? What does John mean by the world? What does he mean by he wants you, he wants me to overcome the world today and in my life? That that's my assignment. Well, if you go back to chapter 2, right, John breaks down more than anywhere else in the New Testament exactly what the world, what he's talking about when he defines our overcoming the world and that victory, it's our faith which is connected to believe, love, and obey, um, how we do that. And uh, in chapter um, fifth, verse 15, chapter 2, Of the same book. says, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh. So here it is. The desires of the flesh. The desires of the eyes. And the pride of life. That's the world. And that's everything that we all intimately know well, right? The desires of my flesh, right? We live in such a, a high consumer driven culture, right? The desires of the eyes and, and desires of the flesh, we are constantly being stimulated, right? Um, with a depend trying the world trying to make us dependent or a culture in the world on we need that. I must have that. And then the pride of life is, is right at the center of this, this. The understanding of pride of life is this idea of, God, I don't need you. I'm pretty good on my own. I can do this. I can create my own mission statement. I can create my own right, um, assignment for this year. I can come up with my own goals I can what, that I can accomplish. Right, Man, from the beginning of time, has... Um, set goals and set achievements, right, Um, to to build the Tower of Babel, to build the skyscraper, to send the man to the moon, that we can say, wow, how great we are. Look what we've accomplished. Look at our amazing goals. Look at the men and the women that we idolize today, right? They build companies or do amazing things, right? Look what we can do. All those things are cool. But in the end, right, who set the assignment? And are those things going to pass away? Are those built by the flesh, right? And by the desires of my eyes and ultimately the pride of life. And folks, that is what we've been saved out of. When he talks about being born of God, this is when the spirit of God awakens us to hunger for God and to see this life with him, right? Remove the scripture says, you've been redeemed out of the world into the fellowship of the son. That's what this salvation, this glorious salvation is, right, is all about. So overcoming the world has this aspect of it is that my flesh is only going to lead me, constantly lead me, right, to that hunger for the things of the world that will never satisfy my soul. My eyes will constantly be looking at the things of the world and and move me towards things that will never satisfy my soul. In the pride of life, there's always this, this thing that I can do it on my own. I can do it on my own, right? Um, and God has saved us, and this is where the life and the Spirit comes in. Is the, the and the idea of eternal life that we read about here in the end? This is the testimony He's given us: eternal life. Eternal life begins the day that you were saved, that you received Jesus. It is the Holy Spirit comes in, right, and brings this this new life. The other aspect of overcoming the world that John deals with here is the church was under attack it was under internal attack and exterior attack from false teachers and so overcoming the world's overcoming all the plethora of of the lies of, of the world of the false teachers inside that creep back into the church and who attack uh, the word of God and the truth of the gospel is he's constantly we see all the New Testament writers encouraging the church is stay true to the world stay true to the testimony that was given the the simple profound glorious gospel itself do not be led astray right by the constant false teachers and I don't need to tell you that false teaching false prophecy false all that is is on the rise today the cults go down the list of things there is greater confusion today I would say than all of the history of America when it comes to all of the different nuances out there when it comes to false teaching right and and and, and I mean also by that inside the church, right inside the church itself. And so that's what he means by overcoming oh, the world: is stay true to to the testimony, stay rooted right in the Word of God itself. And uh, this last part, I'm just going to kind of just scratch the surface, but let's just go a little deeper if we can into the soul of how does this work? How. Because we all, I think we all, I don't need to say, no matter where you're at this morning, whether you're just seeking God, you're not sure where you're at, you're not sure where you're at with Jesus or, or the faith, and maybe you, you were involved at one time in your life, but you've, you've, you've backed off of it. I, wherever you're at um, this morning, is I, I hope that that your your, your spiritual ears would listen and you would lean into God and be open to the Holy Spirit, right, to speak to you. And and let me just go a little deeper in the last verses we read here, talking about the witness, the three witnesses, the water, the blood, and the Spirit. And it says this profound thing in verse 20, um, nope, wrong chapter, in verse 10, whoever believes in the Son of God has this testimony in himself. The water, the blood, and the spirit. And this is, this is yeah, throughout history, you have all kinds of of, of of avenues to interpret this. And they're all, uh, most of them are all true. We can show them in scripture. But I want to drill down to uh, just three that I think are the the primary of what John is talking about, the water. What does this mean that Jesus... The water, it testifies of Jesus, who he is, what he's done for us, and what it's done for you personally. And Jesus, remember, he lived 30 years on this earth, and we know hardly anything of one time when he was 12 going to the temple. But at his baptism, when he was obedient to be baptized by John the Baptist, and he came up out of the water, heaven opened up, and what happened? God spoke. Heaven, remember, Ephesians, the New Testament tells us that Jesus' main purpose is to unite everything in heaven and on earth together again. That's the grand mission. Because God wants to dwell with us. He doesn't, He never had an intention of having heaven, the garden removed, right, His presence from us. His whole mission, his whole salvific plan throughout all of the ages is bringing these together and it's through Jesus, right, that he does. And, and when Jesus was baptized out of obedience to show how we're to walk, right, is heaven opened and God's audible voice spoke a blessing. This is my son who I love and who I'm well pleased, affirming. And what happened at, after that? The dove came, settled upon Jesus, and Jesus started walking in what? His assignment to save the world. He started his miracles. He started preaching the kingdom of God at that moment. Went to the desert, was tempted, right? Strengthened by the Holy Spirit and then boom, he started his assignment, right? Straight to the cross. And folks, I would just say what this means, this testimony that says is inside us. Do you know, and this is something I think we have to recover, right, in the church and, and in discipleship, walking with each other. Have you heard The Father's affirmation over you. You're his child. That's what it means to be born again. It says born of God. That means he's adopted you, rescued you out of darkness, rescued you from all these things, the lust of the eye, all these things we just read about. And he's adopted you into his eternal family to give you life in him forever and ever. Have you heard, because if I'm off, right? Again, we know that if I question God's love for me, And remember, Romans tells us that that's to happen even in the midst of our sin. He loved us and demonstrated his love for us. While we were yet sinners, while we are in the midst of a mess, his love and affirming voice, boom, is over us. I've chosen you. You're my child. I've adopted you into my family. And folks, that is not something I can just intellectually believe and set my mind on. I start there. Yes, I believe that about me, but it's got to move to the next one. Love. Love is not just intellect. It's not what some theologians say, that it's just a commitment to moral rightness. It is full emotion. It's full experience of knowing the love of God right for our soul. Does that make sense? And so, the, the water and then the, the blood. Well, obviously, that was pretty clear as Jesus came. And by the way, the water is, there's so many aspects here, but... To be born again, Jesus came, the Father sent the Son, the Son of God, into human likeness. He was born, He came to be like us, so He could save us. He came, was born like us, so we could be born again in fellowship like Him. It's a profound act of love. And then the only way, the means for all this to happen, for heaven and earth to come together is some, there has to be shed blood when there's sin. There has to be justice. And Jesus took all that. He's the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. This was the loving commitment between the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit to flesh this out, right, in in all of history. And again, I ask you personally, if you have this testimony in you, are you just more and more, has the cross of Jesus, has his resurrection, has it come upon your heart? Not just, not just oh, I believe that. or Has it come upon your soul? Has it moved you, right, internally in who you are? Wow, look what God has done for me, for the world. Because if I am not, if these things are not happening in, to me, I'm going to have a hard time overcoming the world. Unless I know it. Just intellect alone, a beliefism, a creed, a church creed is not going to hack it. It's got to be the full engagement of my being which includes my heart, my emotion. Right. Knowing the love of God for me. And the final one is the spirit himself. Do you know that the spirit of God is in you? Is convicting you. Is awakening you, is 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 troubling you. Sometimes the, the work of the spirit is just troubling. It's like nagging. It's like, oh, I know, right? Moving us, wooing us, right? Convicting us, right? To the goodness of God, to His commandments. the Spirit of God. And it comes to fill us, to inform us, right? The New Testament says He's the one that leads us into all truth. You can sit and read, though. I know plenty of people who know the Bible could articulate it better than I can who don't know God. We've studied it as a textbook. And they don't know God. I've hiked with people that way. We've talked circles around theology. They don't know the one who wrote it. They see it strictly as a textbook. And I believe there's many believers sitting in church decade after decade thinking they're doing the right thing, but they've never had an engagement. That testimony entering their soul. Wow, Jesus, you've spoken to me. This is your living and active word. It's not some intellectual book, right? It's real. And my God, I'm born. I'm your child, right? The Spirit of God. The witness of the Spirit. And so, folks, that testimony is to rest in our soul. And uh, I think where we're going to talk about in a couple weeks just here as a church family is, boy, uh, uh, trying to recover spiritual formation, trying to recover discipleship. Because most of the time these things don't happen. This has to be fleshed out. In deep discipleship, wrestling with each other, praying for each other, right? Um, Holding each other accountable to the word and to the truth of of these things, right? In our life. And um, somebody sitting down with you and and asking you, tell me about your morning. How does it begin? Tell me about your soul when you wake up. What is your countenance most mornings when you wake up? Well, let's, let's, let's go after that. Let's pray for that. Let's let's change the trajectory. Let's let's take his assignment and every morning, wake up and we go like just like Mission Impossible. Maybe you get that little you know, and the smoke goes up. And if you and here's the key in that Mission Impossible thing. <clears throat> this is your mission, if you choose it. Every morning, I can choose God's mission, His assignment for me. Or I can get caught up in my own flesh, the things of the world, my own agenda, and leave God far behind and He will not press in <clears throat> unless I call him to All right and that 's this glorious, amazing as Trinity said I mean, he never puts a limit on how much of him. Right, that, that, that he will give to us. Matter of fact, it's one of my favorites. Romans 8.32 says, He who has not forsaken his own son for us, how will he not also with Jesus give us all things? What I don't know, but you don't have to exegete that. That means all things. That's fl- And we could go past here, Ephesians 3.20, right now to him who is able to do exceedingly far more than we could ever ask or imagine according to the power that works within us. That's the faith of, of our family, right? That we need to restore. And so I hope you'll take this and just hone in. Think about, I, just forget everything else, hone in. How do you wake up in the morning? Tomorrow morning, it's a new year. It's a new morning. Are you going to take God's assignment and see what he supernaturally does in your life? And lean into his goodness, right? His goodness. And be an overcomer. We go to the book of Revelation, and how many times does it say, to those who've overcome the world. And I don't know about you, but my faith is, man, the uh, last couple of years, it's been a struggle. Sometimes I'm like, Lord, I think the world's beating my faith down. I, it, it, I think the world's winning in my life. But can we say, no, my faith is overcoming the world. That's where we're supposed to be. That's the zone we're supposed to be in, right? And we need each other. We need to pray for each other. We need to encourage each other with that. So, Trane, y'all come on up. I want to just pray for us, and I hope you'll just take that, engage us if you're around. Uh, folks, I just, I just want to say, we, this, this ends right here. That seed goes away. Remember what the parable is? It can come, and if it's not nurtured, guess the enemy comes, he takes it, right? The weeds grow up around it. If we don't nurture, and to nurture something means engagement with each other. And so I just encourage you, engage others. Go to lunch. Call us. We'd love to have a coffee. You know, whatever it is, just talk about that next step. And and say, man, who am I journeying with in this discipleship? That's what it means to follow Jesus, to flesh this stuff out. Right? Um, Every one of us, none, if you know Jesus and you're here And you know him and that testimony is inside your soul. Let me tell you something is that none of us have come to him. None of us have been born again without other people praying for us. Somewhere in history, a grandmother, a relative, a friend, somebody. God uses the prayers of of God's people to bring about change. That's the mission. We're to be witnesses for his glory. And we're to be that, right, for others, right, as well so Father thank you for your word and Lord I pray man we can step into this new year Lord um, with your assignment Lord embracing it and change the whole trajectory of how we wake up in the morning our thoughts Lord and it's a battle gosh it's a battle Lord give us strength Lord to set our mind on things above on your assignment speak to us encourage us grow us up Lord I'm encouraged for this year Lord, I see see spiritual growth ahead. Lord, I see love in the body and the church as a whole becoming a family, Lord, ahead. Uh, Father, I see hope rising. Lord, I see with so much confusion in the world, Lord, I see the church as a refuge again, Lord, where people can be delivered and radically made whole by your glorious gospel, Lord. Lord, we love you. Lord, just... um, Bring that flame of fire, Lord, that fellowship of the burning heart, Lord. Um, yeah, Lord. The fellowship of the mustard seed. Lord, that was a saying that launched a, a worldwide movement. Bring it about, Lord. Thank you, Jesus.